0: Hey everybody who's glad to be at church, anybody glad to be in God's house today, can we just give him the best praise, he's worthy, worthy of praise, and hey I'm glad you're here, I'm glad you're at church today, and everybody who's online on the other side of the cameras, welcome to everybody who's watching uh, maybe uh, live right now or watching in our 4.30 service, you're part of our church family, we welcome you, we honor you, thank you for being part of what God is doing here at City Hope, so come on, can we just welcome the best we can, let's give it, a, give it up for everybody who's with us today. Glad, glad that you're part of our family. And uh, You heard Jacob mention there on the, on the news video just a minute ago that small groups are kicking off. They launch next week, but the directory is open today. So that means you can go to the website here. You can also pull up the, the Church Center app. So you can just download that from the Play Store or the App Store. It's called Church Center. Set it up for City Hope Church, and everything that we do as a church is really... Uh, you can find it there and so you can search the online directory right now it's live just begin to find a couple different groups that you want to be a part of and and I'm telling you you'll be blessed because uh, when you get in a group when you have somebody just shouldering the burden with you I'm telling you it just helps make life a little bit easier amen everybody And we just have somebody come alongside us and uh, and we're a friend to somebody else so that's happening today Uh, but we're in part three of a series um, it's called closer and we're 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 really focused on the word closer for the year. It's a word for the year that we have for our church. And really what we're after is, is to have a closer walk with God than we've ever had before. Come on, if, you're, if, if you got closer to God, would your life be better? Yes. Come on. So let's, let's just be intentional about it. Let's get intentional about being close to God. And so we're in part three of this series. And one of the ways that we can get closer to God really is through 21 days of prayer. Hey everybody, last week, best week, we're coming in hot, 21 days of prayer finale happening on Saturday. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm telling you, you're missing out because it is powerful. We're seeing God do some incredible things through 21 days of prayer. I know that this past week, day 13, God spoke to me through confirmation about some things that I've been praying about. That happened through 21 days of prayer, everybody, And so I want to encourage you. Go all in the, the this last seven days. Let it be. Let it be a, a monumental week for you as you get closer to the Lord. And then the, uh, one, one other thing I want to mention is, two weeks from today, I'm, I'm kicking off a brand new series called Counter Culture, um, and and it's going to be a study on the Book of Daniel. And we're gonna we're gonna learn, we're gonna study how to live a stand-up life in a bow down kind of world. How to have truth and grace, how to stand firm and love well at the same time, because we're living in a culture that is counter to the word of God. Amen? So, I mean, not amen, but yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, and we don't want it to be like that. We don't we don't want our culture to keep going in this in this direction. And so what we've got to realize is the church is Hey, everybody, we don't reflect the culture. We're supposed to set the culture. Thank you for two people who said that's right. <laughs> are we just going with the flow? We just do what everybody else wants us to do? No, 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 we, we set the culture around us. We, we, we take it up a notch. We, we are the light of the world to a dark world around us. Amen, everybody. That's what we're here to do. And so next uh, two weeks from today, we're kicking off this series, counterculture. I was going to do two series. I've just wiped it clean and said, you know what? We're going to study the book of Daniel for seven weeks and learn how to be a stand-up kind of people in a bow-down kind of world, all right? So that's coming up, and uh, yeah, yeah, so I'm excited about that. (laughs) Thank you. So um, one of the things I love about this time of the year, August, for us, it's always a growth season. We hit August, and it's like, boom, we... God just starts sending people. And the truth is, uh, like, you're, you're bringing friends, but even if you weren't bringing friends, like, it's a growth season. People come to church more this month than almost any month or this season of the year. And, and I think it's spiritual. I really do think it's a spiritual principle that God is sending people this way. Uh, it's awesome, but it also, here's what I know. It can be frustrating for, for people who are in a primetime service like this one can be frustrating because the parking lot's full and because the seats are full. And, and it's awesome. It feels great that that's happening, but I also know that it can be frustrating. In fact, we're hearing stories of people who are driving in the parking lot, and they can't find a parking spot, and so they leave. They just leave. I heard a story of one young man who came to church four times here before he ever walked through the front door of the church because... Uh, he just I, there's so many people and the parking lot's full and I just don't know. And so here's what I'm I've got a personal ask. I love I love that. I love it. But here's the thing. When a when a service gets to about 70% full, it's time to add another service. Because truth is people don't like to sit right up next to one another. 2 weeks ago this service was 100 over 100%. Every seat was taken. It was amazing. It was awesome. And the only people who like that are pastors, <laughs> right? Everybody else is like, I need a couple, couple chairs between me and the next guy, right? And so here's my personal ask. I'm asking for some missionaries. All right, I'm asking for missionaries. Now, missionary is a person who is sent on a mission for a mission. And here's my ask. I'm asking some families in this room. I need about 50 families. That's about 200 people who would say, Pastor Ben, I want to be a missionary and I'm going to move from this service because I believe in the heart of what God is doing here and I want to make room for people because heaven and hell is real. I want to make room for people and we're going to go to the 815 service. And actually this morning it was was full in the 815 but there's still a lot of room for growth there. I asked people to raise their hand. Hey, raise your hand if you move from the 10 and there were probably 20 hands that went up already. And so I want to ask you if you would do that to do me a favor on your connection card there's a place in the middle that says my decision today and if you'll (laughs) I'm serious I'm dead serious if you will write the word missionary I am personally gonna follow up with you this week and thank you from the bottom of my heart because what it's doing is it's making room and this is the prime time service making room for people who aren't here yet and and I know that I know that you love me, and I know that you love the church. But I also know that we are human beings, and we're selfish, and we come to this service because it's the one we like the best, right? But if you were willing to say, "Hey, you know what? I, I do care," and and I'm not saying that the rest of you don't, but like you, you would say, "Hey, I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to make this move." That would be awesome. All right. So come on. Can we just give? Go ahead and pre-thank everybody who would say, "I'm willing to do it." Come on. Let's let's just. I, I'm I'm grateful. I really am. I'm grateful. And I love how y'all laughed at like when I said, oh, my decision today. Uh, so, uh, so we're going to jump into the message today. We're going to get into this. I love today's message because I, I've been a worshiper and a worship leader uh, since I was about 15 years old. And so I love this series on worship. And in, the, in this series, what we're trying to do is help you understand what worship is and how to do it God's way. Okay, so what is it and how do I do it? And so I want to remind you that we all worship something, no matter, even if you said, man, I'm not even a Christian, you, you are a worshiper because you worship things, you, you put time and attention in things. In fact, worship is a response to the things that you value the most. And if you want to know what you value the most, just follow your time, follow your treasure, follow your energy, follow your checkbook, follow your, follow your calendar, follow your schedule, and it will tell you the things that you value most. Now, understand this. God's okay with us having things. He just doesn't want those things to be above him, right? And that's why he says the first, first of the Ten Commandments is thou shalt have no other God before me, he just—he doesn't want it to come before him. And so today, we're gonna—we're gonna really kind of wrap up this idea that that worship. We are—we are made to worship. We were created. We studied that last week. We were created. God built us with this passion, with this desire to worship. But when I say worship service, everyone in this room has a different kind of like. You have a different picture of what a worship service is. Some of you grew up in in a liturgical church where it was, you you stand and you kneel and you do these different things. And some of you grew up in a church that didn't have liturgy, in fact, didn't have any order of service. It was just like I like to call it Pentecost at any cost. Come on, somebody, just like, man, we're going to have church today, right? But see, worship is probably not what you're thinking of right now. What you think is worship may not be worship because it's not liturgy, it's not tradition, it's not routine, it's not spontaneity, it's not any of those things. And so I want to show you today what worship is. What, what is it really? We're going to look at um, this story in the book of Luke where Jesus is he's coming into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. And, and this is where we pick up the story in Luke 19. He's about to come, he's he's headed to Jerusalem, he's coming down the Mount of Olives, and he's about to go back up towards the eastern gate, more than likely, and it says that when he came to the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices. Now, this is key, because what's happening here is they've thrown Jesus a parade. Now, today, we like to throw out beads and candy, right? (laughs) Right? But in Jesus' day, they wave palm branches. And they, they put these palm branches on the ground. And they would throw their coats on the ground. And Jesus is riding this donkey through this parade. And the people are joyfully praising God with loud voices. So they're not going, wow, the Messiah is here. This is incredible. Wow. Praise God. No, it's loud. It's, it's so loud, in fact, that they're, they're singing Something that's pr- It's pretty upsetting to the Pharisees. They're singing, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, Hosanna. That's a cantata I was in when I was like 12. I remember those days. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And then there was some worship police. The Pharisees showed up and they said, that's not how you do it. You need to put some long pants on and take your hat off in the house of God, son. (laughs) Pharisees in the crowd said, Teacher, you need to rebuke your disciples. They're not doing it right. They're not worshiping right. And Jesus says, Well, I I tell you that if they keep quiet, the stones are going to cry out. Come on. Now, that's a big deal. If the stones begin to sing your praise... That's a problem, right? And so here's here's the kind of the thesis of the message today is this: I'm not going to let a rock cry out in my place. I'm not going to let the stones cry out for me. No, I'm going to praise the Lord, and I'm going to do it joyfully and with a loud voice. Everybody, Amen. Because that's what Jesus wanted. That's what happened. So, so the worship police, though, they'll go shh, shh, shh. Got to keep it quiet. That's got to be respectful in the house of God. There's a reason why we do the groomsman's stance. We're supposed to, supposed to be polite in the house of God. They'll, sometimes the worship police will make, the, the Pharisees, they'll make worship about a building. And they'll say, well, there's no pews in this building. It must not be a house of worship. There's no stained glass. In it. There's not a cross in this place. It's not a, this is not a place of worship. But here's the thing. God does not dwell inside this building. In fact, God doesn't dwell in temples made by hands. He dwells inside of the heart of man. He dwells inside every one of us, you and me. He's living on the inside of us, not in this building, not in this building. So here's the question of the day. What does God want from me? It, like, how am I supposed to worship? What does worship look like? What does worship God's way look like? And the good news is, there's an answer for that. Because in the Bible, God gave us a book. And it's the longest book of the Bible. It is in the, it's the middle book of the Bible. Much of it is written by King David, who was the second king of Israel. But before he was a king, he was a shepherd boy who was worshiping God in the fields. The Bible says that he had such a love for God that God says of David, he's a man after my own heart. And he wrote a lot of the book of Psalms. And we're going to study today this book. Uh, it's 150 chapters long. We're not going to go through all 150, so it's, it's, it's cool. We're, we're just going to study a couple, a couple places in it. But the book of Psalms, when you begin to read it, it looks more like a Saturday at your favorite college football stadium than it, than it does a lot of times in Sunday services. It, it, it probably looks a lot like that indoor soccer game I was at for my 11-year-old yesterday <laughs> than it does in a lot of churches. And so we're going to take a look at what what God's way of worship really looks like. Now, here's here's the thing. I want you to think about this. You can go to your favorite college football game, and you can... You can show up four hours early. You can tailgate. You can yell, scream, clap, jump, dance, paint your body, shave a, a letter in the back of your back hair, right? And you're called a fan. But you do that at church. You come to church and you, you, try, you try to lift your hands. You, you try to sing. You try to shout. You try to do. And you're, you're all of a sudden a fanatic. All of a sudden, you're just a fanatic. I don't don't want to be like that. They're just a bunch of fanatics over there. Hey, I'm not going to keep quiet. No stone's going to cry out in my place, everybody. I am am going to serve God with gladness. So um, what I want to do today is we're going to look through the book of Psalms, and uh, we're going to study the Hebrew words for praise. And it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot of fun doing this. But in this psalm, in the book of Psalms, uh, when we see the word praise, what we have to understand is it could be one of seven Hebrew words. We've, we see praise and we go, oh, yeah, praise, cool, praise, yeah, praise. And we have one definition for praise. But in the Hebrew language, uh, it's, it's, more of, it's more pictorial, right? In fact, the Hebrew language has four times more words than our English language. And so when you look at a definition...